It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to week 17, the quarterback, running back, and wide receiver tiers. One last time for you to get the crown, for you to win the championship in your home league, or, you know, play Battle Royales, DFS, whatever platform you want to go on. So we go through Hayden Wings' rankings, the top three positions. It's about that time, Hayden. Let's pull it up. Let's look at the big chart, which kind of encapsulates the top offenses that we want to look into, the good offenses that also are slow and then i would say for a lot of you who are the final two in your leagues you probably don't have just about anyone in the bottom left or on the left side of this chart well you would hope so at least um the team of the week the D- detroit lions so we did all this week 17 correlation stuff and uh it turns out if you don't have jamal williams your team is pretty effed and i could not be happier that the gyration king is going to win you your fantasy league now and that was a bit of a generalization from me obviously we're going to talk about james connor's on the left hand side deontay foreman on the left hand side cam Akers, who's on the left hand side there's relevant players on almost nearly every single team other than the tennessee titans all right we'll kick it off with the running back or excuse me the quarterback position as a first and as hayden knows i do my best to group these into the correct tiers we'll kick it off with patrick mahomes against the denver broncos They now have a team total of 28 and three quarters points. Uh, That's a lot. A Broncos defense that has held their end of the bargain all the way up until week 16. And here we are, them playing their worst football and the Chiefs hitting on all cylinders. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes trying to win MVP here. So I think this one was pretty straightforward. I'm throwing away all the Broncos stats. Doesn't matter at home MVP. It seemed like the Broncos finally threw in the towel last week. Next, Josh Allen, Monday Night Football. Probably week 17's best game, 25 and a half total against the, excuse me, 25 and a half projected points. The Buffalo Bills are against the Cincinnati Bengals. A total, I believe, 49 and a half in this game. Um, I did want to add, you know, last week, the theme of the conversation was whether how it impacted a lot of the games on the East Coast. A lot of it this week is going to be what these teams have to play for, not just week 18 anymore. It's also week 17. And obviously both of these teams have something to play for in the Bills and the Bengals. Yeah, this is a fantastic matchup. I have a lot of respect for the Bengals defense. Uh, Very well coached. They've got some uh, players back, like Trey Hendrickson's back, uh, rushing the passer. Still no Chidube Awuzie on the perimeter. Uh, Josh Allen has not been as good this year, and I want to track Mitch Morse's concussion. Uh, that's mm. their center. But he's been running so much that it really even hasn't hasn't really mattered that Josh Allen hasn't been the same type of passer. So, yeah, this game's going to be fireworks. I have some fantasy uh, teams with the Bills-Bengals stacks on Monday Night Football. It's going to be absolute fireworks. And just to kind of hit on like that incentives thing, uh, tonight's game, the, the Titans, they're resting all of their players primarily because they play, face the Jaguars next week. The Jaguars, you think, okay, are they going to also rest their players? The difference is the Jaguars still have a chance to get the wild card spot. If they lose this week and win uh, or win this week and lose next week, they still have an 8% chance of making the wild card. 
So they're going to be playing their players for the most part. Maybe they rest some players at the very end of the game. Same thing with the Vikings and the 49ers. Uh, early on the game, the Eagles play at, at one Eastern. If they win, then uh, the Vikings and the 49ers can't get the first seed, but they can still get the second seed. So I think most of the teams are going to be playing as normal. There's some like weird uh, contract incentives like right. for Derek Carr and some players battling through some injuries that won't return. But I think for the most part, we're, we should be looking okay. Okay. Uh, you also have Joe Burrow, speaking of that game, as the quarterback five. The quarterback three piqued my interest, okay? Because typically... We like home quarterbacks expected to score 24 points. You know, Justin Fields, though, on the road. Detroit's a dome. That helps. And his team is projected here for 23 points against the Detroit Lions. And that game, I think, has a 52 total as of, of the week. Moment. So is it as simple as Justin Fields, who really let us down last week, which you projected in your rankings? Uh, no weapons. The Lions defense, while it has been doing well against running backs in the past, was gashed this past week. And Justin Fields just has to carry this team other than Dave Montgomery from start to finish. So if they're going to get 23 points, then that means Justin Fields has a massive, massive week in week 17. Yeah, weather better, defense much easier this week. And that's why the team total is like above average this week. Like how often can we yeah. say the Bears have an above average team total? That's why I have Justin Fields all the way up. There's one metric I keep looking at with Justin Fields because obviously they're limited from playoffs. He's dealing with some injuries. That's the kind of the situation here. How much is he going to run? And the two games since that bye week, uh, eight designed runs, three quarterback designed runs. To me, it seems like they're still trying to get that thing going to some degree. That's more than most quarterbacks. That's the metric I've been leaning on. Uh, they're really, if he had only like one quarterback design run, I would be yeah. more cautious here, but it seems like they're just trying to get the most out of them, uh, with, with the season completely over. It doesn't really matter for them. And when watching Justin Fields and breaking him down on scheme with Josh McCown, hopefully y'all watch that episode. It's so interesting to, to watch defenses get their first taste of Justin Fields in the running game immediately. Cause you can tell that they prepared all week long and they probably have some wide receiver, a scout team, third quarterback or practice squad guy running all these reps, but as soon as Justin Fields is the one who's on the keeper or on the read action, it just hits differently, you know? Oh, yeah. And so like even Aiden Hutchinson, who lost the edge last week to Sam Darnold is going to have to do that with Justin Fields this week. And one final note with that. So often these massive quarterback runs throughout the league happen outside of structure in the passing game. Justin Fields is also hitting those in the pure called running game as well. So being yep. able to create big plays in both of those areas is huge. It's totally huge. And you have Jared Goff as the first quarterback, at least for me, in the top of your A tier as quarterback seven this week. And again, if the formula is correct, 29 projected points for this team at home. And even last week, it was all garbage time, be it three touchdowns on the end of it. Yeah, Jared Goff is my quarterback seven. Yeah, highest team total or second highest team total, depending on when this updates. The Bears are dead last in passing EPA allowed. As a reminder, no Roquan Smith, Robert Quinn, Jalen Johnson just moved to IR. Eddie Jackson on, on IR. Their cornerback, too, is even on IR. Since all those players have left, starting back in week seven, week eight, when those trades happened, the Bears are 32nd in success rate, 32nd in EPA per play, 32nd in passing EPA play, and 26th in rushing EPA allowed. This is the worst defense in the NFL by a wide margin. The Lions have everything to play for. It's a must-win game at home. I have Jared Goff with a very aggressive ranking. I have Jamal Williams with a very aggressive ranking. If you think I'm crazy... Go find some odds <laughs> against the Detroit Lions. There's a reason this is the highest game total on the week. 
uh, the Lions are ready to ball out. Or take lowers on the pick and lobby on underdog fantasy. That's an easy way to counteract whatever Hayden is putting into your brains right now. Okay, Jalen Hurts, quarterback four. We have not seen Jalen Hurts last week. They're in this weird scenario, and I think you just outlined it, where they need one more win to lock it up. The easiest matchup for them is this week against the New Orleans Saints. It's at home, 24 and a quarter points they're projected for. Just before we went live, Jalen Hurts is throwing during Thursday's portion of practice. So to me, that points in the direction of him playing in this game, and I think playing at a high level. The Twitter doctors, uh, not Dr. Winks, the Twitter doctors were telling me last week that if this was a playoff game, he would have been able to play. It was a coaching decision because they had three weeks to get one win to lock up uh, the first uh, round by. I think that they're going to put Jalen Hurts out there in that video that you just talked about. He was first in line with those those quarterbacks and he was throwing the ball. I think he's going to be fine. He'll go in there with the pain injection. I'm treating this as Jalen Hurts, not completely normal, but close to normal. Uh, the Saints defense has not been as good this year as it has been in the past. And Jalen Hurts has been absolutely electric. This is a game that they don't have to win, but it would be much easier if they can win this game because they would have week 18 to rest some starters and the bye week to rest some starters. So I'm treating Jalen Hurts, 90% Jalen Hurts, still a top five play, and he could finish as the quarterback one overall. Lots of conversation recently about Lane Johnson. Uh, Lane Johnson, obviously one of the best right tackles in the league. Some are saying like he is a linchpin to everything. Like the offense is built around I agree him, with that. even with AJ Brown and Devonte Smith and Dallas Goddard and Jason Kelsey, Jordan Mailata at left tackle. Uh, Lane Johnson is going to put off surgery and then play once the playoffs roll around. Uh, mm-hmm. The Eagles more than anyone else have backups that can play along the offensive line, but certainly not nearly as good as Lane Johnson. Who's one of the freaks of the league. Other little wrinkle in this game, if they beat the Saints this week, as they probably will, that actually improves their draft position early on because they have the Saints first round pick. So that's another reason why they should be playing to win. And I think that was for Trevor Pinning, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, the Saints uh, are down horrendous. Right well, now. let's say, you know, we well, talked about it, but Trevor Pinning coming in last week was really big for this team. As, as what, though? As, as the, the sixth six, six offensive lineman, Josh. As a six you, have, you have Andy Dalton as your second to last ranked quarterback, at least all the faces that I could find here. Joshua Dobbs uh, excluded. Sorry to pick on you Titans. I've done that twice already to start this. Okay. We mentioned Joe Burrow already. And then Dak Prescott uh, playing on Thursday night football. I already got one question. We can quickly go through this. You know, they're projected for 26 and three quarters points. Joshua Dobbs is now facing him at quarterback instead of Malik Willis. Uh, I already got one Twitter reply saying, well, does this mean I should be wary of Dak not playing in the third and fourth quarter? My point to him is the team total is not going to change for the Cowboys. Just the game total is going to change. So no matter what, they're going to be projected for about 27 points. If that hits within three quarters, that means Dak and the superstars have done their job. So the points are still going to be there no matter what. The Titans defense right now is so bad. They were already really injured and they were struggling in the past game. Uh, They're uh, 30th against fantasy quarterbacks, 31st against fantasy wide receivers. And then they're going to be benching some guys because they have no reason to play. So I'm totally with you. If Dak Prescott's not playing the fourth quarter, I'm telling you that's good news, not bad news. So, um, yeah, you got to ride them out. I, I, this is a situation where it's a good uh, ground game for the Cowboys against a pretty good ground game uh, on paper with the Tennessee Titans and teams have chose to pass the ball at the highest rate in neutral situations against these Titans. Now, I do think this is a kind of a weird game because I think that the these like uh, rushing uh, yards allowed by the Titans are kind of uh, – 
throw those out because of some of the players aren't playing. Um, the Cowboys are going to be able to do whatever they want. And this, um, this yeah. is a game that they want to win because they still have a slight, very slight chance of getting the um, first round by. The other note, without Tony Pollard playing in this game, maybe some of the pure explosive runs of 40, 50 yards are going to be evaporated. So it might be more sustained drives and more dependent on Dak Prescott. And sure, you can also say like, well, defensive scores, running back scores. That's in the fold every single week. You know, mm-hmm. so keep rolling with Dak here in this environment. Okay. Do I have it that that is a teardrop? It could even have been before then, but is that fair? I'll go after Hurts, but yes, we're in the right ballpark. Okay, fine. Whatever. We already talked about Jared Goff. Let's now go over to Justin Herbert, who are facing the Los Angeles Rams, the Chargers at home, 24 and three quarter points. Look, I tried to consume as much football as possible over the holidays. The Chargers have locked up a playoff spot, haven't yep. they? So yep. What is Brandon Saley going to do here? Is he going to, with the snake-bitten franchise that is the L.A. Chargers, is he going to ride it out with Week 17 and Week 18 of the starters? They are playing for the fifth or sixth spot, and if they get the fifth spot, they would be going to the AFC South winner, and I'm sure you'd rather play the Jaguars and the Bengals. So I think that they have incentives to play for. Now we'll get to Austin Eckler in a second. He's battling through a knee injury, but if the players that are healthy, they will be out there. Uh, The team total is rock solid, like you said. Uh, Just been Justin Herbert just not scoring as many touchdowns this year. It's kind of fluky in my opinion, Uh, but I will just say as a reminder, EPA per attempt climbs from negative 0.04 to plus 0.12 when Corey Lindsley is on the field. Similar splits exist with Keenan Allen. Similar splits uh, exist with Mike Williams. I think Justin Herbert's a solid play. He just has not been getting it done like the elite quarterbacks. He's a low-end to mid-range quarterback. One in the matchup to me is pretty meaningless. I think the Rams are just fine only. Next up, Daniel Jones at home against the Indianapolis Colts. That game has a small total of just 38 and a half. But the that's really cold one. Correct. The Giants have one above 22. Is he the streamer of the week? Yeah, I think he I think he's like a streamer. I felt much better about his matchup last week than this week. The Colts defense is still pretty solid. Now that Nick Foles performance last week was so uh, the opposite of inspiring that I, I do wonder if they're just going to start rolling over here. Uh, the Giants have to win this game to clinch up a spot. Daniel Jones has been running the ball like a maniac recently. Uh, he seems like he's getting some rapport with these kind of like crazy backup wide receivers. He has at least been throwing to these guys for the last month. I think he's fine. I felt better about it last week, but some of these next quarterbacks, I think are like all in the same tier. Imagine getting to your fantasy football finals with a streamer at quarterback, maybe more often in Superflex. But if you did, leave us your team down in the comments below after this is over. I would love to hear if you're deciding between Daniel Jones and Brock Purdy of the last yep. few weeks. That'd be pretty amazing. Okay, Trevor Lawrence is next. Uh, going on the road against the Houston Texans, they just have to win out, and they're in the playoffs. It doesn't really matter about this week. Obviously, it's an 8% that they could still get in the wild card zone and so forth. It all comes down to week 18. Doug Pearson, though, already came out and said that, hey, we're not taking any days off. We're playing our starters no matter what. So now we get Trevor Lawrence flying high against, and I don't think other people are saying this. I think a respectable, frisky Texans defense over the last few weeks. They have been. They're actually second against fantasy quarterbacks over the entire course of the season. Now, some of that is because the Texans ground game was getting absolutely destroyed and the Texans offense can't keep pace with anybody. So they've been getting run on uh, a lot. But I'm with Doug Peterson here. The Jaguars, first of all, they have those wild card odds that we talked about. But second of all, this is an emerging team, a young team that needs actual reps. So I don't think they're going to be resting their starters here. I think we're ready to go with Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert, Daniel Jones, uh, all similar types of quarterbacks. To me, their team totals are very similar. Um, Trevor Lawrence has been playing great ball. I, I don't think this is the easiest matchup ever 
But at the end of the day, I still think that um, with Derek Stingley still not playing, if the Jaguars throw three touchdowns this week, I would not be very surprised. Yeah, again, Texans frisky against the Eagles. The Cowboys had that upset win a couple weeks ago as well. Just something to keep in mind. Um, Aaron Rodgers ranked very high. I hate it. Aaron Rodgers has to go against the probably the worst defense in the league right now in the Minnesota Vikings, at least the worst pass defense, giving up explosive plays all over the yard. And as we've seen this year, it's trying to be a bunch of layups and short passes for Aaron Rodgers, and then finally hitting them deep. Once, you know, Christian Watson has emerged and we found out that Christian Watson is 10 trending towards playing in this game after leaving uh, halfway through. Are you not sure about that? Well, he has a practice this week. Uh, I'm not sure if that's just taking it easy with him. I think the problem with Aaron Rodgers, first of all, he needs Christian Watson or Romeo Dobbs to show up because they have to get explosives because this offense, if it's going to go 10 uh, or 10 play drives, they're just going to run out of time. Like right now, they're 29th in neutral pace. They're 21st in neutral pass rate. So they need the explosive passes to get Aaron Rodgers home. He hasn't been getting home at all. Like you said, though, the Vikings right now have been getting absolutely shredded 28th against fantasy quarterbacks. The team total is high. Must win game for the Packers. They're still alive. The Vikings still have something to play for, but not everything if the Eagles uh, win early in the morning. So I think he's fine. I think there's probably a pretty big teardrop after uh, from like the quarterback 10 down to this tier, though. Anyone else you want to talk about of these groupings? Get Brock Purdy, Kirk Cousins, Tom Brady, Juno Smith. I put Mike White in his own tier in C because I felt like it was an insult to put him with the likes of Carson Wentz, Mac Jones, Teddy Bridgewater, Desmond Ritter. You know, some, yeah. some props, some respect to our guy, Mike White. Sure, I like it. Yeah, Kirk Cousins, I have him way lower this week than I had previously. I had him like in the top five the last couple of weeks. And I think I was proven right with that. But outdoor, team totals down. Uh, the Packers defense, not great, but it's definitely better against the pass. Than yeah, it is it's against awful the against run. the run. And we'll talk yes. about that with Dalvin Cook. Yes, and uh, th- so that's that's working against him. Tom Brady's fine. Geno Smith, these are all fine plays. Mike White, I think, is fine. Carson Wentz, I do think that if you are in a super flex, I do think he's my super flex streamer of the week. Mm. Uh, my opinion is that Carson Wentz is just better than Taylor Heineke. And if you look at kind of their neutral pass rates, Early on the season when Carson Wentz was was out there, they were actually trying to pass the ball. Recently, they have completely given up. I think that's an indictment on the quarterback play. Carson Wentz actually had a couple of pretty big weeks. And Jahan Dotson, Tyler, or, uh, uh, Curtis Samuel, and Terry McLaurin, I think all that's a pretty good uh, receiving uh, trio. So I think that he's the super flex streamer of the week. Curtis Samuel was very involved early season, Carson Wentz too. So just something to keep in mind if you want to, you know, Zig, where everyone's zagging this week at the Jahan Dotson. Maybe Curtis Sam was a bit of a pivot, even though they occupy different areas of the field. All right, running backs are up next. It's easy. Number one, Christian McCaffrey. Two is Austin Eckler. You said you want to talk a little bit here about the injury he's been dealing with. Yeah, he left late in the game, like five minutes left with a little knee injury. He was limited on uh, Wednesday. It's too early in the week. We'll update this thing as we go. Make sure you have Josh Kelly just in case something goes sideways here, like we said earlier. The Chargers have things to play for. You want that fifth seed, but it's not like the biggest uh, thing in the world. If Austin Eckler isn't right, there's a chance that they would sit in. But if he's playing, uh, we're going as as usual. I think like the top five play here yeah. is uh, Ezekiel Elliott. I now have up to my running back for uh, going to tinker with this just a little bit, but with, with Tony Pollard going to be ruled out uh, right now, the, the, the freaking Cowboys are running away with things when it comes to uh, running back fantasy usage over the last month of the season. And this is, they have the biggest point spread on the week. One of the highest team totals on the week. Ezekiel Elliott's going to get the ball a ton. 
And I think that you should be thankful if you have them. That that speaks to just where the Cowboys are at at the moment. And like, it's the superstars. It's Dak. It's obviously CD Lamb who's been slaughtering people in the slot. And then the running backs, you know, getting explosive touchdowns, but also short yardage touchdowns too. And Zeke has looked spry for this late in the mm-hmm. season. It's about the spryest we've seen Zeke in feels like a decade, but I know that's hyperbole. Yes. Um, and even without the Tony Pollard stuff, over the last month, he's actually been the running back three in usage. So to me, this is going to be an elite workload. We'll see what happens with the touchdowns, but there will be touchdowns against this Titans uh, tanking defense. Other names in this area, Saquon Barkley, Joe Mixon, James Conner, the man that no one wants to give props to, who might be the dude that you need in week 17. I know that... It's been a long road here, but even with backup quarterbacks, I would say it's even more of an advantage for James Conner because you get far more of the passing work. And as we've seen in recent weeks, it's five, six, seven receptions. And that's just a, a big change in the ga- in his game, in the eyes of many people, of what they attach to expectations to James Conner. 19.1 half PPR points per game in his last six games. If Colt McCoy gets back out there, that would be a win to yeah. me just because I really don't think that uh, McSorley can play. And they're facing the Atlanta Falcons defense, which uh, gimme, gimme. I know, but they're three-point underdogs even on the road to Desmond Ritter. But mm-hmm. that's probably a uh, Trace McSorley statement as of right now. Okay, rest of the one through 10, it's Ramondre Stevenson, Dalvin Cook, Josh Jacobs, and Kenneth Walker. So Ramondre carries the load. It's Miami Dolphins defense. I think it could be a big Dalvin Cook week as we talked about. The Packers defense is much better against the pass. They're one of the worst defenses against the run. And then after this, it's kind of a tailed off season for Josh Jacobs as we've gone along. Uh, and now he's obviously getting Jarrett Stidham at his quarterback. And then Kenneth Walker, we're not getting the same explosive plays that we have seen in the past. And I'm a huge believer for 2023 for him. Yeah, with, with Josh Jacobs, uh, I'm not that concerned about his own playing time. He has every incentive to want to play, and the Raiders don't have any reason to not play him because he's a free agent. They'll be debating if they want to use the franchise tag on him, which I think that they end up will do. Um, the Derek Carr stuff, he was benched because of the injury guarantees, and they didn't want to make him for sure on the roster. So they're just giving some more options by benching Derek Carr. I don't think that really translates to Josh Jacobs, aside from just the team total and the game environment being slightly worse with Kenneth Walker, I know he hasn't been practicing much, but even looking back at last week, I know he didn't have a crazy big game, but you can see that they were still really trying to get him the ball only at the very end. And this, as a reminder, this is in complete negative game script down here. You look at the in-game winning percentage underneath 25% the entire time, and he was still getting the rock at 14.7 expected half PPR points. Going back to high school, this is when he had this ankle injury, uh, according to one of the reports from a couple weeks ago, and they have to manage it. It's not some high ankle sprain, nothing like that. It's a different type of injury. Still trying to find more on this, but they're going to rest him during the week. The Seahawks are still in the wild card mix. They're going to try to get this thing going. It's a better game environment for him in particular because they're not playing the Kansas City Chiefs and going to be an obvious negative game script. Not that concerned about the injury report, to be honest. A little nervous about the Jets' defensive front just beating up on the Seahawks' offensive line. I think Abe Lucas left or mm-hmm. missed some time with an injury as of recent weeks. So uh, a little bit nervous on that front with Kenneth Walker. Okay, and 11. Go ahead. Real quick, just with Geno Smith uh, not playing as well, I think so much of this has just been the the rookies, uh, the rookie offensive lines for, for the Seahawks finally catching up to him. They got really good play, above average play from the position early on. That has fallen off. Uh, in recent weeks, and that's why the I think the entire team has kind of been dropping down a little bit. Nick Chubb, Washington Commanders, that's who he faces in week 17. Uh, they are underdogs by about two and a half points. Um, it needs to be a, a, a nice 
bright finish for the Browns or else it could be a uh, not interesting offseason, but man, nothing has gone right for them in recent weeks. Aaron Jones is next. Uh, I know he's been dealing with a bunch of injuries and, you know, just thinking about this because we talked about it on the instant reaction show, Hayden. November, December, January, dominant months for AJ Dillon. And if he's the one who's dominating those, then AJ Dillon can't be dominating those. You know what I mean? Yes. uh, I went back just to look at it and, Aaron Jones was still playing later in the game last week. AJ Dillon did get the uh, goal line opportunity uh, in the third quarter, but I think that with everything to play for, I think that he will be out there. Um, but I just burying the lead. This is like Jamal Williams. We have 45 minutes to go for Jamal Williams lever now. Let's do it. He is this week's running back 13. Jamal Williams, after being a what top five, top seven, top 10 scoring running back, numerous weeks because of the touchdowns was the leader in the league in that category has done nothing for the people over the last three to four weeks. There is an outside shot that the people that drafted him, he helped get them there to this spot and they're still here at this spot. But after, you know, 3.6, 3.3, 3.9 points, you're telling the people to trust him. Yeah. Highest team total on the week, about 29 points. They are massive home favorites. They're 26 in uh, rushing EPA allowed since losing their two, best front seven players for the the Chicago Bears. Um, they've been losing games recently or the last week, and that's when Jamal Williams wasn't playing. But if you look back early in the game, Jamal Williams got the goal line opportunity. He was going to get all the touches. Then things got away from them. So this is just betting on uh, Jamal Williams being able to find the end zone. And right now, their, their team total is like literally like twice as high as some of these other teams in the NFL this week. So um, I know it hasn't been all that great, but... This is a week to get back to some goal line touches here. And you start doing the math on how these touchdowns are going to be scored. And it seems at least like we got a decent shot of Jamal Williams gyrating those hips in the end zone. So we have a couple questions in the chat for the man who ends this tier at running back 20. Uh, in low ask, I have a question. Why Travis Etienne's at the back end of the teens? Are they not playing the Texans? Same thing from... Rohan, why so low on Travis Etienne? What we've seen from this offense, at least from my seat, and you can tell me if you disagree with this, there were games with 23, 20 carries of Travis Etienne, and that was a focal point of every team, everything. With the last three or four weeks, the emergence of Trevor Lawrence, so much of it has been misdirection with the tight end, albeit there's been some weather dynamics in there. And I can say Travis Etienne has taken a back seat. Uh, but he just hasn't been nearly as successful as he was in the spots of explosiveness around midway through the season. Yeah, I might need to move him up a little bit. Uh, over the last month, he's the he's the running back 32 over the last month, I will say that, but he's a massive posi- positive regression candidate. He's actually the RB10 in usage. The matchup, like you guys said, is pretty good, So, or elite, I should say. So I probably should move ETN up. I'm not really worried about playing time concerns with him. He just hasn't been as good recently, right. and I think there could be reasons something about him and compared to Trevor Lawrence, like you said of why uh, things haven't been going his way, but I think you guys are right. Uh, This is probably a little bit too low. I think it is a little low. I will also add again, so much of the extended handoffs basically to Evan Ingram to Jamal Agnew. Um, And I think one reason why his expected fantasy points are so high is because he's fifth in the league with 39 carries inside the 20 yard line, yet only has four touchdowns off of that, you Mm -hmm. know? So, like, you compare that to the guy just ahead of him. Miles Sanders at 10. Austin Eckler has nine touchdowns. Jalen Hurts has 11. Jamal Williams has 13. So, yeah. he's getting these red zone carries, but then he only has 10 carries inside of the five-yard line. So, they move away from him as, like, the pure running back inside the five. 
But again, inside the 20, they want to get closer and closer with him, if that makes sense. And as a reminder, all the stats that Josh is mentioning, they all get jumbled up into my fantasy usage. Whenever you hear me expected half PPR points, fantasy usage, I'm taking how close you are to the end zone and putting that into how many points you should expect an average player and an average offense to score. And to be honest, I think that Travis Etienne is an average player in the Jaguars in an average-ish offense right now. So I think he's a positive regression candidate. I'll move him up. Okay. 21 through 30. You want to go here? Brian Robinson does not, I believe, have Antonio Gibson to deal with this week. So maybe the opportunities will raise there. Uh, Cam Akers has been the dude that no one cared about for 14 weeks. And then here in the last two weeks has been extremely relevant. Uh, There are underdogs, obviously, in this week's game. Where are you at with Cam Akers? And if people can ride this wave of trust with him into winning their title? Yeah, I think he's a pretty solid play. The Chargers defense is missing some uh, front-end talent out there. They are playing much better. Brandon Staley, uh, after getting so much hate, has been really balling out recently. I think Cam Akers is a, is a fine play. The team total is still pretty low uh, in respect to other teams, but uh, he looks like he has a little bit more juice right now, which I think is pretty interesting. Um, I think he's a fine play. Can I pick out a couple just to hit on? Hit me. Um, I think Deontay Foreman as like running back 28 or 29 it's this difficult dynamic that we talk through, right? I went back and actually rewatched that Panthers game. I think it was week shoot six, seven, that they crushed the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 21 to three. That was with PJ Walker at quarterback. They had obviously already traded Christian McCaffrey. Um, Deontay Foreman got there like 130 something yards, but it was a different style of running. Now it's a bunch of under center stuff on that game. It was a bunch of read action shotgun runs with PJ Walker. Um, it sounds like Vita Vea is going to play. He's been a limited participant. Anyways, the Bucks defense has not been nearly as good. But if you think the Panthers are going to win, Deontay Foreman's going to play great. And if you're worried that, and I think Vegas is here, because I think the Bucks are favored by three, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. um, then Deontay Foreman might drop down a little bit. Like the variance in ceiling and floor for Foreman, I think is vast. Yes. Uh since becoming a starter, 12.5 half PPR points on 13.5 expected half PPR points. But like we said, some of those weeks are zero. Some of those are 35 points. Um, yeah, he's he's a tough one. I, I'm going to probably be rearranging some of the RB2, RB3 things throughout the next couple days here. Um, lots of kind of interesting interesting things I'm looking for. Like, for example, like the Bucks backfield, like Leonard Fournette played a lot more this past week compared to some of the other weeks. Was that because of something that they see in the offense? Is it something that's game script related or Rashad White just not very good right now? That's kind of something I'm trying to monitor, kind of going on to the RB2, RB3 rankings. Uh, Tyler Algier being in the middle of that tier is interesting to me because he's getting more and more work of his last three weeks combined compared to Cordero Patterson. And he's probably the type that they want to get eyes on ahead of next year to see what type of workload that they can give him. And one final note, this might be the ranking because of his usage in the passing game, but I think this is a really concerning week for Devin Singletary in the running game against the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, I think the Bills are really going to struggle with their pure running backs running on the Bengals, flat out. Now, we've seen games where he catches a bunch of passes. We've seen games where James Cook catches a bunch of passes. And I still think that Josh Allen running the ball is going to be effective. But you see a total of 25 and a half. They're favored on the road, high total. And you think, oh, I should start Devin Singletary. The Bengals are monsters with DJ Reader stopping the run. And so I'd be a little nervous about starting Devin Singletary this week. Yeah, I don't think that the the Bills are going to be winning like as 
large or didn't they're not gonna have as big of a lead as they did last week and that's where Singletary was getting uh, a bulk of his carries later on they were getting Naeem Hines and James Cook involved early so uh, not a huge fan of Devin Singletary uh, one other name real quick J.K. Dobbins I know that he got some people to their finals I think this is a week where we can see J.K. Dobbins get scaled back the Ravens next week that's their big game against the Bengals, if they're worried about J.K. Dobbins' health, which I think that they are just based off of how kind of the, the game finished last week where they gave Gus uh, Gus Bus the end carries, I am concerned that J.K. Dobbins could have a lower workload this week, and that's why I've Gus Bus ranked a little bit higher. But I think like this is the type of tier where you're starting these guys, your team's probably pretty effed for the finals. We can't hit on every name. Would make an hour-long show, so go and check out the link in the description below that has all of Hayden's rankings, and we're still going to do an episode tomorrow on our guys of Week 17, so we'll probably hit on some of these mid-tier running backs and obviously wide receivers that we're about to get to. All right, let's jump on over to the pass catchers. Wide receiver time. It is. Justin Jefferson at the top, even though your Kirk Cousins ranking. Interesting. I get it, though. I'm on Ross St. Brown next. Stefan Diggs. Jamar Chase, Tyreek Hill, C.D. Lamb, and you have Devontae Adams, okay? Let's have that conversation. Devontae with Jarrett Stidham. Devontae's had great games. In fact, he was like one of the best performing wide receivers all season long. Yet, what, the past couple weeks have not been good. It's been like 30, 40, 20 yards. Confidence level with uh, Josh McDaniel's favorite player in the league, Jarrett Stidham at quarterback. Uh, not high. It's probably too high. My ranking is so. Um, yeah, Jared Stidham's not very good, guys. Correct. Breaking news. <laughs> uh, even when Josh McDaniels was calling plays for Jared Stidham in New England, that's a couple of years ago. Granted, they were. Remember running like flea flickers and all this funky stuff, and like subbing him and Cam Newton in at times. Uh, the thing that's interesting to me is like you can peg this on Derek Carr, but I think Josh McDaniels deserves a lot of criticism too. Um, because there are games again, when Devontae Adams at halftime has like 10 for 120, and then the second half gets shut out and then the vice versa happens too. we get shut out in the first half and then all yes. happens in the second half. There's no consistency. So timid. They're so yes. timid. Everything about their offense is so timid and they have literally offensive player of the year candidates at multiple spots. Yeah. It's, ins- it's insane to me. <laughs> it was. So hopefully that gets fixed and they're, you know, just facing the San Francisco 49ers in, in week 17. So Brutal. I'm with you moving down Devontae Adams makes sense, even though it's tough. Uh, just to round out top 10, DK Metcalf, AJ Brown and Keen Allen. Anyone in the top 10 you want to discuss or should we move on? Monroe St. Brown, second overall. Have you seen oh, that yeah. before? Love to nope. see it. And Love he's so different it. than these other guys, you know, because mm-hmm. the other guys are all the explosive big plays, 40 yard touchdowns. And I'm on, I'm on Ross St. Brown's just consistency week in and week out. And then, you know, we can get the DJ Charks and Jameson Williams big plays in that offense. 10 for a hundred is like basically like Locks his median, it. you know, like that's just, it's insane what he's seeing right now. Jamar Chase, Chris Godwin, ugh, Garrett Wilson. I mean, my eyes and ears perk up with all these names because it's been mm-hmm. like great weeks, bad weeks, great yep. weeks, bad weeks. Mike Williams, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Jalen Waddle are kind of like the top 11 through 17 names here. Yeah, Jalen Waddle moved him down where I would have had him with Tua Tungavailoa. The team total dropped by a couple points with that uh, shocking announcement. Going back up to Garrett Wilson, 
Uh, 17.1 expected half PPR points in the non-Zach Wilson games. Uh, I have a chart in there just looking at the splits with the Jets offense. The catchable ball rate goes way up. The time to throw and all that stuff, the pressure that Mike White is evading is light years ahead. And I think Garrett Wilson, he's the person that benefits the most from that. All the timing routes and stuff that Garrett Wilson could be so good at to set up yards after the catch plays. I think he's going to benefit bigly. So I uh, really like Garrett Wilson. I know it's been a roller coaster ride for him, but I think this is a week to get back involved. Even though the Seahawks corners are very good. Yeah. I, I do think that they're like physical in the boundary and stuff. I think that I trust the floor to put it, them in good spots in the and middle of the field. To be honest with you, the pass rushers for the Seahawks is probably where they're the weakest. And Mike White, even when he has been pressured this year, even when he did break all those ribs was throwing in the face of disruption. So if he gets a clean yeah. pocket, that could be even better for us. We didn't talk about it at all with the quarterbacks. I am a little bit nervous about what this Dolphins offense is going to look like from passing the ball. Like Tua deserves some criticism this year for sure in some of the recent games. But what he does do so well is understands where he's supposed to go with the ball pre-snap and post-snap. And his accuracy and time of delivery is so quick that I know it's such a small sample that we got from Teddy from this year, but it didn't hit nearly as well, you know? And this is a Patriots defense that gets spicy and feisty every single week, you know, like they will have answers to the hashes, to the areas of the field that I think, obviously the Dolphins wide receivers are so much faster than everyone, but Kyle Duggar and, you know, the the corners 25 that, that the Patriots have, but I'm a little bit nervous of the drop off that we could see from Tua to Teddy, even though the recent Tua stuff has not been great. Mm-hmm. And if you look at like the types of defenses teams have been uh, or the types of defenses that the Dolphins have faced recently, it's a lot more physical. Get hands on these receivers early. If you look about like what Belichick's been doing for the last, I don't know, two decades. Yes. He is all up in your ass uh, nonstop. So I think it is uh, a little bit of a concern. And the other part is the issue with the Dolphins lately has been that they haven't been able to sustain long drives. It's just been splash plays. And I would expect Tua to deliver more splash plays than Teddy to deliver splash plays. But that's just me. Okay. Drake London has been awesome with Desmond Ritter in terms of volume in comparison to the past. Love that ranking. After that, at the end of this tier, it's DeAndre Hopkins, Terry McLaurin, and DJ Moore. I've seen some really funny uh, EPA connections with Sam Donald since he took over as a starter again. Uh, Yeah, he's perfected the handoff. Let's put it that way. And then every couple moments, he gets a big shot play to Terrace Marshall or DJ Moore. I think he has been better. I think it's fair to say that he's, I know, he's been funny. the best quarterback. Yeah, I know. He doesn't deserve like number two all the in credit here. since like right. coming back as a star. I'm like, chill out, everyone. Right. Uh, DJ Moore, this is this is a spot that they, they desperately need DJ Moore. And the Bucks defense has gone up and down this entire season. There have been so many injuries and all that stuff. I'll update it with final injury reports for the Buccaneers. By the way, Buccaneers offensive line, Donovan Smith, Ryan Jensen, and the right tackle, Tristan Wirfs. That's probably their three best linemen they've been practicing this week well it's still unclear if they're actually going to play but the fact that they are practicing is good news for the old ass bucks okay can we just pick out some of the names that might be in the fringes of people all you yep okay gabriel davis wide receiver 31 it's a tough matchup you know me and gabe davis and tough matchups even though it's going to be monday night football all that stuff i think wide receiver 31 makes sense there Right, right next to him is DJ Chark, too, which we talked about the highest total big plays, and that's been more consistent for that team versus what it was earlier this season when he was playing a lot, and yet every play seemed to be a foot or a yard off when throwing to DJ Chark. Yeah, no Chidubi Awuzier at least makes the outside matchups a little bit easier for Gabe Davis, so I think it's a, a neutral matchup. Um, I just think that that game has a chance to like be absolute fireworks. Okay, one more, and it's like wide receiver 45. Isaiah okay. Hodgins has been a dude. <laughs> 
with okay. Daniel Jones and the Giants offense. I mean, Darius Slayton, who's the top of that tier at wide receiver 41, has been creating one 30-plus yard catch every single week. But it feels mm-hmm. like Isaiah Hodgins is the drive to drive whatever consistency you can bring to the table with the Giants passing attack. He's involved. He is very involved. He's kind of like got the same body shape as like Michael Pittman, Alec Pierce, like a really like kind of just like big kind of lumbering dude on the perimeter. I think he's been all right. I have all three of the Giants uh, wide receivers in the 40s. Their expected half EBR points kind of settle um, in this range. Okay. We will still be doing a start sit show on Sunday morning. I think we're going to kick it off around 1130, if I'm not mistaken. This yes, week, an hour the day later. after New Year's Eve. We have right. to get all the time we need. Yeah, Hayden's going to be up at 830 a.m. And uh, if you've ever seen Hayden out uh, on a show after a night out, his voice might be, uh, let's say, half mast at that time. Yep. I'm 28 <laughs> years old. I got to get out. <laughs> all right. Let's uh, quickly do tight ends, even though that position is Travis Kelsey and everyone else. Um, you have Kelsey at the top, then George Kittle. Love this one. Yep. Kittle, Hawkinson, Mark Andrews, Schultz. Feel good about all of them. Uh, Evan Ingram, I feel good about. Uh, David Njoku, I, I feel better about him this week than I did previous week because of weather. Dallas Goddard uh, back, played his normal set of snaps. Uh, maybe I need to move him up a, a spot if we get Jalen Hurts officially cleared. Dawson Knox. Loki has been balling. Have you looked at his recent box scores i mean the guy's been putting up some serious points since that bye week love to see that the best time pat fryer with darren waller hasn't been playing as much but uh and jared stidham in there and then you get to your t- like tyler higby who's like a tough ranking because he's been popping off but do you trust baker mayfield to throw tyler higby the ball in week 17 i'm not sure could the post by tight end bump be a thing dawson knox evan ingram you know just ask some no. questions here. Something no, to look no. forward to well, in the Excel spreadsheets this summer. We do have the post by Rookie Bump working for Cade Otten. If you are desperate for the tight end two streamer, <laughs> he played almost all the snaps last week. They finally oh. put uh, Cameron Brates on the bench. I don't think Cade Otten has looked very good, to be honest, but he's out there for every single snap. If something goes crazy with oh. Tom Brady, that's where we go. Taysom Hill, I did move down just because I don't think that they are going to do that game. In fact, I thought that his usage last week was kind of under what I was expecting it to be in that crazy weather game. And if you're not, if you don't have any of those players, your team's pretty effed at this position. The good news is every team's basically effed at this position. Give the people the sickos chart. They need it. They want it. They crave it every single week. Oh my goodness gracious. Look at those lions, but they're facing the Chicago bears. We know how much that is impacting this projection as well. Yeah. I'm looking at the, the Cowboys tonight would be the number one team, the chiefs, yep. chargers, giants, Ravens, Buccaneers, Eagles would be that first tier. Then you get into your jets, you get into your lines a little bit. Patriots, I think is a good matchup ish. And then it's okay. Uh, After that, people are screwed. This is, this is the top tier right here. Down here. Yep. Uh, Ryan is shooting a shot about Cole Komet this week. That's actually Prop a pretty good call. You. Props to you, Ryan. All right, everyone. Unless you have Dallas Cowboys tonight, we will see you on Sunday for the Start Sit Show and also Instant Reactions that night. Good luck to all of you that are in the Best Ball Mania Finals, whether it be Best Ball Mania 3, whether it be Puppies, the Palms, whatever. We're wishing you a lot of luck. Um, Back again tomorrow with the show, our guys of Week 17. And Hayden and I might have a little bit of a live sweat on Monday night. For some of those tournaments coming to a close, some scoreboard action to keep you invested in the teams that, you know, just winning millions of dollars 
from this company called Underdog Fantasy this week. On Underdog, I have every single tournament. Uh, the the amount of players are in, that are still alive in the finals, just to, as a kind of hit to hit on like the top players for fantasy football who actually got you to fantasy finals this year. Number one, Justin Jefferson, George Kittle, number two for those late games or late season big games. Same thing with, with Devonta Smith, Hawkinson, late games, Waddle, Kirk Cousins, T Higgins, Saquon, Jarek McKinnon, Cam Akers, Jalen Hurts, Jahan Dotson, your guy, Zay Jones, Tyree Kill, Tyler Higby, AJ Brown, Joe Burrow, Tyler Algier, C. Algier. It kind of is a little bit of everything. Andre, it's pretty crazy how like this, this thing works. Um, but like Josh said, we'll be sweating it out with you guys on Monday but, Night Football. It'll be a massive game. We, we've already just make this less than 45 minutes. We scroll down to like the very few and see. I think there was like Justin Herbert was like really low, like 0.02% or something. And he was the name that really stood out to me. Yeah, 0.01%. So if he has a big week, that team should be doing very well. Yep, you want leverage plays certainly for this. And yeah, we have all of them backyard, best ball, uh, resurrection, big board. We have so many damn tournaments. It's actually insane. And maybe one for us next year. Who knows? All right, Brian, Griffin, Dave, Jay, Scampers, Sick, Niners, all of you. Appreciate it. We'll see you tomorrow around the same time, same place on the channel, and especially on Sunday for that start set show starting at 11.30 a.m. Eastern. Up the Vela. We'll talk to you all soon. See ya. <laughs>